Think about this for just a second. And I want you to really think about this. Honestly, today, here it is, uh, Thursday and, and coming up in December, moving up to Christmas, uh, all the stuff that's going on in your life, all the things that, that have happened, uh, that are happening, all the situations we find ourselves in. Let me ask you this question. I want you to seriously think about this question. Wouldn't you like to hear from God today? Wouldn't you like to hear from God today? Wouldn't you like God to, to speak? And I'm talking about actually speak to you individually. Wouldn't you like for God to actually speak to you today? I, I think about that. Isn't it really kind of unfair uh, that Moses talked to God? That's what the Bible says, that, that God talked to Jeremiah, that God talked to his prophet Isaiah. Uh, they could actually have this conversation with God. They could hear from God. Aren't we kind of at a at a disadvantage today. Doesn't it feel like we're somewhat maybe more disconnected? We don't have that availability that we're at a little bit of a disadvantage today. Wouldn't you truly like to hear from God? This week I saw an advertisement and it's, it's from a false teacher in, in Redding, California called Bill Johnson, a guy named Bill Johnson. And he is advertising a book for sale and, a, and not only the book, but a video on secrets from hearing from God. And that's, that's the start of this video. It looks like a, a pretty uh, well-produced thing. Secrets from hearing from God. Like there, like there is some kind of secret formula to hearing from God. And there's others that say the same thing. Like there are some things that you need to do to be able to hear from God. There's some deeper knowledge that you need to possess in order to be able to hear from God. And, and let me just tell you, when I, when I see that, let me just tell you this morning, be very leery of any person who has some secret, some hidden knowledge, some deeper way to hear from God. I'll just tell you, that's a very, a very blatant sign. Be very leery of somebody who has a secret truth to give you and how to hear from God. Because here's the truth. Listen very carefully. We can absolutely, surely certainly hear from God today. He will speak to you individually, specifically, clearly today, and he speaks to us in his word. Do you know that? He speaks to us in his word. The Bible says it is living and active. The Bible says it is relevant for this day. He speaks to us through his word. We get, we get this border built up. Well, I need something else or I need this secret thing. Listen, God is still speaking today. He speaks through his word. And so I want you to get this. I want you to hear this and, and, and understand this truth. And I want you to be very certain in this today. The primary way, listen very carefully. These words are important. The primary and only sure way that God speaks today is through his word, the Bible. Now listen, he speaks the Holy Spirit inside of us, but sometimes aren't you left wondering, well, is that of me? Is that my desire? Am I sure? Listen, the primary way and the only sure way that God speaks is through his word, the Bible. Now when I say that, isn't there kind of a letdown? Oh, oh well, I, I thought he was gonna speak today, actually speak. I thought I was gonna hear his voice today. Oh, it's the Bible again. We've heard so much about the Bible. Isn't there kind of a letdown? Listen to me and understand this. God still speaks. God is speaking to you and he speaks through his word. Last week we started looking at Psalm 19 and, and Psalm 19 really is nothing more than God 
speaking about his word. And so Psalm 19, other places, Psalm 119, it is God telling us about his word. Psalm 19 here, God is really talking about God and his word. And so we have his presentation, his understanding of his word. We started that last week. This week, we're gonna finish it. I'm gonna read Psalm 19, verses seven through 11. I wanna encourage you, if you have your Bible, bring that every week. Psalm 19, verses seven through 11. I'm gonna read all the verses. We went through the majority of them last week, and then we'll come back and look at them this week. Psalm 19, beginning in verse seven. Now remember some of these words, the law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the precepts of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord. Those are interchangeable words for the word of God. Those phrases are referring to the word of God. Here we go in verse seven. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They are more desirable than gold. Yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. All right, let's look through these these verses. We're just gonna move back through them very quickly, a point of review And then we'll look at our verses for today. Remember, God has said of his word. And so this is God testifying to his word. God has said these things. First is this. He has said his word, verse seven, is perfect. It is perfect. Now, what that means is, in the original language, it is complete. It is all there. Understand, we're not looking for more than God's word. We do not need anything more than what we have in God's word. It also means this, God's word is sufficient. What he has deemed that we need to have, we have in the word of God, the Bible. So understand, God's word is perfect. It is complete. It is sufficient. I don't need to go and stick an antenna up somewhere and try to receive more of it or find another book, another additive to add on to it. We have the word of God. It is perfect. Second thing, verse seven, it is sure. It is certain, making wise the simple is what the verse said. Last week we talked about the the remedy for being a dumb person, and I am one of those, is the word of God, which which means this very simply. Let me just tell you. If you want to make great decisions, and isn't that really what you want to do? You want to make God-honoring decisions you want to make great decisions. Don't you know people that, that they just seem to make great decisions? Man, if they make a decision, that, that was a great decision. And then there's people, they make horrible decisions. If, if they make a decision, you ought to do the opposite thing because it's going to be a train wreck. Just, just dumb decisions. Listen, if you want to make great decisions, the word of God is your tutor. The word of God is your source of information. You want to make great decisions? The word of God says it makes wise the simple. We turn to the word of God. Continuing on, it says, the word of God is right. It is right. It means it is always right. It's not right in salvation, but wrong in creation. See how that works out? It's not right over here, 
but a little bit suspect over here. The word of God from Genesis to Revelation is always right. You can take it to the bank, which means this, it will stand. If something is right, I don't have to wonder about it. Well, I don't have to wonder, what if they disprove this? They're not gonna disprove it, it's right. The word of God is right. It will always stand. Whole big thing about relativism today. Well, what's right for you may not be right for them. That's, that's ridiculous. Right is always right, and it's right for all people. It's not relative. This week I saw a deal, and, and I posted on it and, and saw some people say some things back about the Mormon church, Mormon cult. Uh, the Book of Mormon, Joseph Smith translates some gold plates. Now, he lost the gold plates. I don't know why you'd lose the gold plates, but he did. Um, he writes the Book of Mormon, and he says this, upon the completion of the translation of the Book of Mormon. He says, it is the most perfect book on earth. The Book of Mormon's finished. It's the most perfect book on earth is, is this guy who starts this religion. This is, this is pretty insane. There's been over 4,000 changes in the Book of Mormon since 1830. 4,000 times they had to say, that doesn't make sense anymore. 4,000 times, that doesn't seem right anymore. 4,000 times, I don't know if that's the truth anymore. And 4,000 times, whoever the, the head guy is has had to come out in his, in his clothes and say, you know what, we have to update and change the Book of Mormon. Listen to this. This is just one crazy example. There's a whole bunch of them. Until 1978, black people had to go to the lowest level of heaven. That's, that was their teaching until 1978. They could not enter their temples. They could not enter their places of worship. Now, I think it's very interesting, starting about 1978, they liked black athletes to play on their sports teams at BYU. They had to update it. It wasn't gonna stand. Let me tell you something about that. That's not our God. That was not our God. That was never the teaching of our God. That is the teaching of a deranged cult. You know what the Bible says of itself? The, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God will endure and stand forever. Not gonna be changed 4,000 times, not even once. It is right. Verse eight, it says the word of God is pure. It is pure. And what that means, it's not mixed with human thought. It's not mixed with human logic. It's not mixed with our sinful desires. It is the pure word of God. When I, when I approach the word of God, I don't have to say, well, did Paul mess this up? Well, did Peter twist this around? Listen, it is the pure word of God. Now, what that means in this day is this. Political correctness and tolerance may not like the Bible, but they do not change the Bible. That's a pretty big thing to understand. You know what? We, well, I don't know if I agree with that anymore. doesn't matter if you do. Political correctness and tolerance does not Change the Bible. The Bible stands. It is pure. Verse nine, it is true. The word of God is true. Now we live in an age where truth again is relative and we think, well, there's versions of the truth. Now there's the truth they have out in California. There's a truth that they have somewhere in the, the university system. There's a truth that you may have somewhere else. Listen, John 17, Jesus says this, the word of God is the truth. It is true. The word of God is true. Now that leads us to our verses today, verses 10 and 11. All of that about the word of God. Now here we come to these last two verses of this section. Verse 10 says this. They are more desirable than gold. Yes, 
than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Now, I want you to picture this, verse 10. The word of God is perfect. The word of God is sure. The word of God is right. The word of God is pure. The word of God is the truth. The word of God, it says, restores the soul. The word of God makes wise the dumb. The word of God enlightens our eyes. Listen, what that means is this. We have a treasure in the word of God. We have an absolute treasure in the word of God. Be sure and see that today. Be sure and understand that today. We hold a treasure in the word of God. It says this, it is more desirable than gold. Yes, even much fine gold. Now, when I read that, I stopped for just a second and thought about this. How much time do we spend seeking gold? How how much time do we spend seeking wealth? Seeking a paycheck. And we have to work. The Bible says we, we, we live by working. That's how we eat. But, but I wonder how much time do we spend preparing to get some wealth? Isn't that what we're doing with our kids? We want you to get a job and education so you can get a better job and a better education, a better job and more wealth. How much time do we spend chasing wealth? How much time do we spend securing wealth? And how little time do we spend investing in the word of God? Because the Bible just said it is infinitely greater to possess the Word of God. Think about this week. How much time will we spend studying the Word of God, thinking about the Word of God? It is better than, yes, even much fine gold. It says this, it is sweeter than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. My granny used to raise bees when I was a kid, and I've seen when they pull that little rack out and the, the honey's dripping off of it. The word of God, listen, this is what it says, is sweeter than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Listen, is that how you see the word of God? I'm I'm asking you. Or, Or do you see it as cold? Do you see it as hard? Do you see it as judgmental and legalistic? Well, it's just a bunch of rules. You know, I found Christ and I'm saved. I don't need that legalistic book. How about this? Do you see it as boring? This is the crazy thing about men today. We see the word of God as boring. The other day I watched four hours of some guys talking about Dallas Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints. Four hours. Well, do this and do that. And this guy and this guy. And that coach and this and that quarterback. And I'll shave my head if they do this. And I I thought, we, we act like that's exciting and this is boring. How crazy that Satan has led us to believe the word of God is boring. Listen, all this is saying is this. We need to see the word of God for what it is. We need to hold the word of God for what it is. We need to treasure the word of God for what it is. It is the speech of God to us. We need to treasure the word of God. Is is that how you see it? Because here's the deal. If we actually did that, I think we would spend a lot of time reading it. We'd get up in the morning and we'd try to read it. We'd come in in the evening we might try to read it. We might even keep it in our pickups and try to read it at our lunch break. If we, if we treasured it as the word from our God, I think we'd spend a lot of time trying to study it. Well, what was going on here and what's he saying here? I think we would want to hear it. We want to be in the men's lunch. We want to be in our churches on Sundays to hear the word of God as it's preached. If we treasured the word of God, we would invest in the word of God. It would be sweeter than honey. How do you hold the word of God? Verse 10 again. 
They are more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Verse 11, moreover, here's the practical part, moreover, by them your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Warned means this, your servant is warned. In the Hebrew, in the original language, it means this, illuminated. That's the literal translation. It's like a light that is shown on something, a light that shines on something. It means it is brought to life, to light. Now, for the second time, we saw that last week as well. The Word of God lights up our path. The Word of God leads us. That's what it's saying. The Word of God instructs us. Remember the verse from Psalm 119, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. The Word of God says, you know what? This is how you want to live in your house. This is how you want to live in your job. This is how you want to respond when you're in town. The Word of God lights up our path. That's what it says. The servant of God is warned. His path is illumined in the Word of God. And it says this, there is great reward in keeping it. I don't, I don't know that we've made that connection, and that's probably the biggest thing of all this. There is great reward, not suffering, not a heavy burden you can't carry, not a bunch of rules to grind you up. There is a great reward in keeping it. The, the word for reward here in the, in the original language means consequence. There is a great consequence in keeping it also means result. There is a great result in keeping it. There is a great result in keeping the word of God. And let me tell you this for the hundredth time. The best way to know how to be married is the word of God. The best way to know how to be single is the word of God. The best way to raise your kids it's not somebody, some expert going to tell you how to raise your kids. It's leading and raising your kids according to the word of God. The best way to do business is not in a business school somewhere. They may tell you how to add it all up. The best way to do business is according to the word of God. The best way to talk, what words should proceed out of your mouth. The best way to talk is told to us in the Bible. How to respond to situations, how to respond to people. It comes from the word of God. The best way to live as a follower of Jesus Christ, listen, is according to the word of God. We, we live, man, we're dumb. And we screw stuff up and we crash into walls and we crash and burn and we, we, we sit around wide-eyed wondering how in the world I ever get in such a crazy mess. And we've neglected the word of God. How did my marriage ever get in such a mess? How did my home ever get in such a mess? How did, how did my life become such a wreckage? You know what? We've neglected the sure teaching of the word of God. There is a great result in teaching, hearing, preaching, listening, taking in the word of God. Now, I think an ending for that would be this. You know, let's just be men of his word. Let's be men of his word. Let's be men of the word of God. But here's my, here's my thought about that. Every time I finish that, we always say, okay, okay, I love the word of God. Oh, another sermon on the word of God. I love the word of God. Yes, that's the word of God. But here's the trick. Now you've got to do something about it. 
This is the word of God. It's always right. This is the word of God. It's always pure. This is the word of God. It's truth and the truth will stand. This is the word of God. It tells you how to live and be married and raise kids, how to operate in your business. This is the word of God. Yes, but now you have to do something about it. That's when the change occurs. That's when the result, the reward is seen. When we say, you know what? This is the word of God, but you know what? I'm going to study it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to live it. As a grown man, I'm going to live according to the word of God. Thought about this just today. What makes that come alive in us? What what makes that change for us? And I'll just tell you, as a a 33-year-old young guy, my friend commits suicide. 33-year-old young guy, and I can't figure out, my lands, how we ever get to this place. How do you ever find so little hope in life that this is his end? And I went home, and I remember walking in my house and, and telling Carrie, you know what, I'm not going to live this way anymore. And I, I remember she said, well, what does that mean? I said, I don't know what it means. I'm not living this way anymore. If there is the word of God, and there is the truth, and we say we believe the truth, you know what, I'm going to figure out what I believe. I'm going to figure out what God has said. And I'm going to start to order my life according to the word of God. For me, at 33 years old, listen, that is when everything changed. Every, yes, I put my faith in Christ. Yes, the best I knew how I knew he was my hope and my Savior. Everything changed when I said, you know what? I'm not so dumb and I'm not so arrogant that I would live my life to the neglect of the word of God. It is true. It is sure. It is powerful. It is living. It is active. It is our guide for life. Best thing that would happen out of this men's lunch is we would go, you know what, I'm going to go find my Bible. You know what, I'm going to study, know, and live according to my Bible. His word is truth. Glad you're here today. Let me ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer. Before I pray, I want to, I want to say two quick things. Uh, I, I'm going to pray for these two guys, and I'm going to ask that you would do the same and, and pray in the next few days. Uh, John Harden is here. He's going to have surgery on Monday, uh, a, a very serious surgery. So we want to pray for him. We want to continue to pray for him. Val Howard has always been here. He's not here. He's in the hospital going through some pretty tough stuff. And, and so we want to pray for both of them. I'd ask that you to continue to pray for them as we move forward. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today, and I'm thankful for you. And I'm thankful for your grace and your forgiveness and your love and your mercy. I'm thankful that you love sinners like myself, that you don't write us off, that you don't cast us away, but your love is eternal. And because of that, you show us grace and mercy in the cross of Jesus Christ. You forgive us of our sins. You cleanse us of our wrong record. You restore us. You renew us. I am thankful for you and your grace and your salvation through Jesus Christ. Lord, I I pray also thanking you for the word of God, that we're not left here to bang around. We're not left here to, to figure it out and to stumble and to fall. We're here with the sure, true word of God. I pray that today we would be encouraged in the word of God, that we would grab the word of God, that we would live according to the word of God. And I pray for for kids that are growing up in a sorry world, that they would see a mom and a dad that would order their lives according to the word of God. They would see the truth and the validity of the word of God. I pray for those of us that are married, that our wives would see a man who has set down his agenda and lives according to the word of God. I pray that our homes would be different. I pray that our businesses would be different. I pray that our speech would be different. And I pray that all 
all of that wouldn't be for our betterment, wouldn't be for our comfort, but it would be for the glory of my Savior, Jesus. Lord, we, we ask you, help us, encourage us, forgive us where we've been off track. I pray for John as he goes in, I pray again that you would bless him, that you would strengthen him, that you would be with those doctors and nurses. I pray the result is so tremendous that the world would shake and say, there is a living God and he's powerful and his mighty. I pray for Val Howard right now. I'm thankful as I visited him this week that he told me. He doesn't know when, but he's going home. And he's going to see his king, Jesus. He's thankful for the blessing of a God that blessed him all the days, the roads of his life, his words. Lord, I rejoice in such a savior. I pray for him. I pray for his daughters, his family, his kids. I pray for his wife. And most of all, I thank you, Lord, that in both of those situations, we have a hope, we have a peace, we have a Savior. I pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen.